1: Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Maris testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit kci.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning?
2: Well, Lloyd, today our show is about criminal identity theft. And we've had a couple other victims of identity theft on our show. We've had a couple criminal victims of criminal identity theft and other types of identity theft. And it is really something that I think my audience really needs to know about because it can happen to any one of us. So let me tell you a little bit about my wonderful guest who's coming to us from Florida this morning. John Shelby is a victim of one of the worst kinds and least known about types of identity theft. He's a victim of criminal identity theft. And this happens when a criminal uses your personal information when they're arrested or to commit a variety of crimes. And this is unlike credit identity theft where you can just go and, you know, even though that's a mess too, but you can go and talk to the credit bureaus and write to them and have a whole process for cleaning up that credit. It's not so easy in most states. California, we've actually passed a law that does help to at least streamline a little bit, but it is still a quagmire for everyone, and this has just been an ordeal for John Shelby. And this you know What happens is we have so many databases that once you're identified as a criminal, it not only goes into, or, or arrested, it, it goes into a national database besides your state database and your court databases. It's all over the place, and then it gets replicated by all these background check companies. So even if you do clean it up, you never ever know when it's totally cleaned up because it's been on the internet and replicated so many times. So it is a, a real confusion in the system, and it's a nightmare for anyone who goes through this. So thankfully, in most situations, you know, the arresting officers really to try and help, or the DA tries and help, but even then, it's still a mess. So unfortunately for John Shelby, his case is one of the most extreme cases of criminal identity theft on record, and that is What happened was a career criminal named Jason Michael Newton was able to pass himself off to arresting officers as John Shelby upon his arrest for robbery. And we're going to find out a lot more about this. I I don't want to tell you the whole story. I'm going to let um, John, our, our wonderful guest, tell you about it. But just the good news is he was able to get his record expunged and eleven years after the initial night, after the first arrest happened, he got a little bit more of his life together. But there was so much damage that had already been done to his reputation, his re- his uh, resume, his civil rights. It was just a mess. And you know, this is this was very hard for uh, for a person, for any person, but especially for a disabled Navy veteran. So now John lives with his wife of 13 years and his two children um, in beautiful Florida. And he is trying to help others to know about what happened to him so that they can prevent it or at least deal with it when it happens to them. And he has a website called goodnamegone.com. And he also has a Facebook page. So you can go and learn more about him at our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. We'll, you'll see his picture and his bio, and we link to his URL. And also at his website that I just gave you, goodnamegone.com. So thank you, Shelby, uh, John, Shelby, for joining us all the way from Florida this morning. Thank you so much. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, Maury. How are you?
2: I'm doing better now that I know that you're doing a little better with what you happened to you. Let's talk about how this initially happened and how you found out about this criminal identity theft.
0: Well, I guess the the initial thing was that I ended up in the system way back in 1991. um, I was arrested for a... trespassing violation. Um, That was dismissed, but I was put in the system. I, um, you know, fingerprints and my stats and everything. I was completely booked. But um, like I said, the case was dismissed. And um, I would say about six years later, after I'd been in the Navy and everything and I went back home, I um, got a really good job, a job that I'd been wanting for a while. It was um, managing three bars for a casino, right there outside of El Paso, Texas, and, um, right when I started, basically my first day I went in and they said there was a problem with my background check, and, you know, I was like, well, what's going on, and they said, well, um, it shows that you're in jail right now, (laughs) and I I said, well, you know, I I made a couple of jokes, I was like, yeah, well, I escape every day to come to work, so don't worry about it, (laughs) and they said, no, we're, we're serious, um, your background check shows that you're in jail right now. I like, well um was well, what do I do? And they said, well, unfortunately, we can't hire you. We have to take back the um, offer of employment.
2: Oh, dear. But
0: mm-hmm. you can um, reapply in six months once you figure this out.
2: Now, did they give you a copy of your background mm-hmm. check?
0: No, they did not. They just told me that that was what was on it. Yeah,
2: and they violated the law right there because when you are denied employment, For a background check or a credit report, you are entitled to a copy of that. And you're entitled to know who did the background check. And you're entitled to actually go back to that entity and tell them it's an error and make them go back and reinvestigate. So right there, you know, how long ago was that?
0: Oh, uh, this was in 1997.
2: Okay, so basically they were violating the law, and if and, you know, if you would have talked to an attorney at that time, um, that's what they should have told you. So just. For, um, the reason I'm saying this is if anybody who is listening to this that happens to you immediately ask for a copy of that background check and the telephone number and address and contact information for whoever did that background check so that they can reinvestigate and clean it up right there. So that was the first big problem. So then what?
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, that problem continues because throughout the process, I've never once been given a copy of my background check by anybody, and I've had a couple people tell me that that was a problem, but I go back, and I, that day, I said, well, i got to go figure this out, so I went to the police station, and they read my fingerprints, and they said, well, obviously, it's not you, but we have this guy in jail, and he says he's you, and he had been arrested for a robbery.
2: Okay, so so they had his fingerprints... Was he using, your, he was using your name, but had different fingerprints, correct? That's how they knew it right. wasn't you, okay?
0: Yeah, he, but he had just used my name, and that's that's basically it.
2: Right. And um,
0: I said, okay, well, you know, let me see the guy's picture. They showed it to me, and I recognized him, so I made a few phone calls, because I didn't know his name off the top of my head, but I knew a couple people that might know his name and sure enough but one of my friends knew his name and I told the police officer and they verified that it was him.
2: Now how did you know so, him? Go ahead. How did you know him?
0: Um it's a long story but basically a friend of mine had a half sister that lived in Dallas, Texas and she had recently moved back to El Paso and he was her boyfriend.
2: So, how did he get your name? Because, did Um, you, like, go to a party together, or was there some, you know, actual time when you were in his presence, and you met him?
0: We ran across each other at his girlfriend's sister's house one time, Hmm. and I saw them at my work one time, and that was it. Hmm. And that was kind of, they just came in for a few minutes where I was working, and then they left, but she recognized me, so she had said hi and everything like that, um, but I didn't really know who he was, right? but I called I called her brother-in-law, and he was the one who told me, you know, the guy's name was... He didn't even know at first. He said it's either Jason Nolan or Jason Newton, uh-huh. so I told the police that, and they, they were able to verify that it was Jason Newton, so they told me that, you know, they told me I was fine, that they, everything was fixed in the system, and... They gave me some paperwork, and they sent me on the way. Um,
2: and they said that they had made changes in the system. If he was in jail, did they go back to the jail and, and put the real name in? Was he then well, also convicted they, of criminal identity theft? I mean, <laughs> that was another thing to add to his uh, whatever he was in jail for.
0: Well, all I knew at the time is that the officer that I was talking to called the police station, and told them that you know go check and make sure that this guy is jason newton and they went up and they verified that it was that's all i knew at the time
2: right Um, but they didn't change the court but they didn't change the court records
0: right i found out years later that something fell through the cracks during that transaction as well
2: right because because if he was convicted under your name, it would be in all the court records, and then that would have been sent to, you know, the uh, the NCIC, which is the Reporting for All Criminal Records Nationwide. So, yes, no one was, and, and no one would expect you to know all this, by the way, John, you know, um You're an innocent guy, so how would you know? But unfortunately, um, they should have told you, these are all the places that are getting this information about you, but they didn't do that.
0: Right, and he actually pled guilty and was put on probation under my name and was released under my name. (laughs) And the bad thing about it is the reason he gave a fake name in the first place is because he was wanted for a murder... In Plano, Texas.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: So, yeah, there was a warrant name. for his... It ended up being my name. He was released under my name. <sighs> and it ended up, eventually, that there was warrants for my arrest because I didn't ever go see the probation officer. Mm. mm. And, when and did released, you know, I mean, did you get it They gave him paperwork. Yeah. And that paperwork had all my information on it. Because all they did, basically, when he said he was me, they pulled up my arrest sheet from 1991 right, and transferred all of that information onto his arrest sheet.
2: But it's interesting that they didn't take his... I mean, they obviously took his fingerprints at the time and yours, and they would have seen, if they looked, they would have seen that the fingerprints don't match.
0: And that's interesting because on the... which I found out way later... But on the arrest sheet they checked off the boxes that they verified his print through the FBI and through Texas VPS.
2: Yep. See? I mean because and
0: he, because a, and he had, had prior convictions. So
2: Yeah, that, that would have been, been on file. By. They should have pulled it. That was another huge negligence on their part. Totally. Yes. You know? And and this is what's so frustrating for people that everybody needs to know that your name and your social security number really are not what identifies you in the criminal system. It's your fingerprints that identify you in the, in the criminal system. So just for everybody listening, if you ever get arrested and you don't know why you're being arrested, and they take your fingerprints and they're saying you're a different person, specifically ask them to compare those fingerprints right away, because that's, that's going to be your ticket. Out of jail, you know. So, I'm sorry I keep adding, but I'm just trying to help educate as you tell this horror story that I've heard I hate to tell you how many times from other people, too. So, go ahead, John. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
0: Well, what ended up happening is well, the funny thing is on his arrest sheet, which I didn't get for many years later after my expungement or expuncture is what they called it. At the time,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I saw the arrest sheet. It has his picture and his fingerprints that had all my stats, and they didn't even match. They had my height, my weight, my color hair,
2: my it color didn't match eyes, what he eyes, my
0: dated birth, uh. my social security number. And then they have a picture of him, and he's outweighed me by about 50 pounds, uh. different colored hair, different colored eyes, and was about 5 to 6 inches taller than me. Wow. And, and that, um, that, thats so
2: amazing that they were that, that negligent. Happened. That they did. Oh my gosh! Did you ever I did. go? I mean, when when you um, when you found out about this, did you go to a lawyer and say, "Look what they did here"? You know, to go after um, the law. Was it the law enforcement agency that did it, or who was that? That it, did it was it? the El Paso
0: Police Department. Yeah. That did
2: that. I mean, that and is I, I just did so.
0: Eventually, get an attorney. Yeah. But um, it it didn't work out so well. Um, Throughout the process, they ended up, I never actually made it to court because of statute of limitations. Mm. And there was another thing about, even though it was the El Paso Police Department that wrote out the arrest report, it was written on El Paso County paperwork. Mm. So the El Paso City was, basically saying they weren't responsible the county was.
2: Yeah, and the county probably pointed fingers at them. And if your exactly. attorney didn't sue both, you know, then yeah, that's yeah, that's terrible. Yep. I mean, that and, it's stupid stuff like but, that. Right. It's just, you know, it's just that negligence. How could you, you know, you you see this and you go, how could they say this? that's me? Different color eyes, different fingerprints. You know, I I just have to tell you that every time I I hear similar stories and I just wonder where these people are thinking. And you have, just to sue under for identity theft, it's two years from the date that you know about it, that you find out about it, but you have a five-year limit. So if you find out about identity theft, you know, uh, two years, at some time, you have two years to sue, but, but you also have to, it has to be within that five-year period. So if it happened more than five years ago and you just find out, like, who's at fault, it kind of, you know, that's kind of the statute of limitations, if that makes any sense. You have two years when you find out, but if it happened 10 years before, <laughs> you, you know, it's too, it's too long of a period of time.
0: Well, the funny thing is they did concede um, that a discovery date would have been the day that I received paperwork after my expuncture. Right. And we sued within two years, and it was dismissed because they said we sued in the wrong court. So they wanted it in federal court. And then we sued again, and it was dismissed because of the language of the lawsuit or something like that. And the third time we sued... And we also gave them chances as far as we let them... um, We we gave them requests for settlement. They presented in front of their city council, and it was denied. And then Mm. that happened twice. Well, by the the third time that we sued, it was past the two-year statute of limitations. Oh,
2: goodness. That's that's ridiculous. So... um, so was it in the newspaper? Like, was it? did you go to the newspaper and put anything in the me- media, in the pa- El Paso newspaper? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: It, I, I, was, um, I was interviewed on the news in El Paso. I was in the El Paso Times. Um, I was living in Virginia at the time, and they also ran a couple of news stories about me. Um, but the funny thing is, after he was released initially for, you know, when he admitted or he... Guilty to the crime. Because he had all this information that they gave him, he went on a crime spree. He um got three more felonies a couple months later.
2: In your name again? And I was
0: never and I was never notified about it.
2: Okay, so he got three more fe- was this using your name or was this using his own name?
0: No, using my name.
2: Oh my goodness. So and then, then it was then he was he ever prosecuted also for identity theft too?
0: No, he was not. Not that, no, he wasn't. Oh, my goodness. He just, eventually, he was caught somewhere else, and they did it correctly. He lied about his name there, too, but they did everything correctly, and they extradited him back to Plano, Texas, and that's where he went on trial for the murder charge, and he was convicted. So he's serving a life sentence right
2: now. Oh, my goodness. So, John, but did you ever get the a compl-
0: They actually yeah. died in the legal system. They yeah. died... That murder charge oh, to you under my record as well because I was his alias.
2: Right, right, right. I've seen, yeah, I've seen that. Now let me ask you something. Kind of going fast forward, have you seen a complete um, background check from from the? Did the police in Plano, Texas, or wherever, or El Paso, have you seen the most recent background check to see if your stuff? It it appears on his record or vice versa?
0: Um, It took about two years after the expungement to get it totally cleared up through their county and their courts and all that stuff and what they were reporting. So it, it still took some time. I actually got my expuncture in January of 2008. It really
2: really shouldn't have even been been an
0: expungement. was around December, I believe, of 2009. After that, they have shown me a sleer. Okay, so
2: it it shouldn't have even really been like an expungement. It should have just been totally taken off where it doesn't even appear on your credit, on your uh, background check rather than an expungement. So does it appear or does it not appear? Like, have you... Run one recently?
0: Yeah, it does not appear.
2: Nothing. None of the none of the stuff that he did appears on your background check, right?
0: No, it does not. But from what I understand, it's still in the NCIC database.
2: Oh, so you need to get that? Yes, you need to get that removed. That's well, the through the FBI. They don't
0: do anything about it because it's not my fingerprints, so they don't have to discuss it with me.
2: If, uh, how how it's probably listed is you're listed as an alias for him.
0: Well, it was uh, an ACES card was filled out by the El Paso Police Department, and it was sent to the FBI. And it was it shows it has his fingerprints, right? But it has all my information, and it, and he signed my name.
2: Right, but so if, if, it, if it was, you go back to the police,
0: oh, go ahead.
2: If you go back to the police, which I would go back to the ones that screwed it up. And ask them to run an NCIC if your name comes out with his fingerprints as opposed to you being an alias. Now, you're not going to be able to get them to change you as an alias. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because yeah. that, that's the name he really did use. But if your name comes up in any way as having those fingerprints, then that must be changed. You know what I mean, well, but you can be an alias. All them I ran
0: into with yeah. that. I tried that, and the only way they'll do or they'll run an NCIC on me is by fingerprints. Right. They won't do it by. They won't do it by name, social security number, date of birth. The only right. way they'll do it is if I come and do it by fingerprints. Right. And if I do it by fingerprint, I come up clean.
2: Right. Right. So the yeah, but you should be able to get a private eye to to run his and see if your name comes up with him i doubt it at this point that it that it will it may just come up as an alias but that would be important for you so
0: well i have talked to um, people in the fbi um about this i've I've called and talked to um people in the records department and they told me yes it is showing up but there's nothing you can do about it and we're Shouldn't even be talking to you about it because it's not your fingerprint.
2: Is it? Is it coming up as an alias, or is it coming up as his name, or you don't know?
0: As as far as what I understand, it's coming up. It's coming up as me. It's not saying it's not oh.
2: specifying alias. Huh. Well, that I think should you know that should still be addressed because of the records that are sold and be and the the challenge that you would have. If someone um, it does a background check on your name, it's going to come up and with both of those. Another problem that yeah. I've
0: come across is I know that background check companies like the little fly-by-night ones,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: I know that they are they negligent are to update their records, right. but they do not... And as far as I know, it may have changed, but last time I checked, they were not mandated to update their records as far as deletions and expungements. And yeah, expungements. they are. They are. They only have to update as far as adding new crimes and criminals. And no,
2: no, they have to have correct records. I'm sorry. That's uh, that's under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, even though it's not a credit report, it's a consumer report. And so um, they must update their records and correct them. That you know, if they tell you that, they're telling you a lie. So, oh, okay. if you so find that's what they, if, they, if someone that's what do, telling
0: me is that their no, database
2: no, they're wrong up
0: by software and whatever.
2: No, they have a duty to have dad, correct records. Ahead. No, don't let them t- tell you that. That's not true. They have a duty to correct their records, and you could sue them if, if somebody does a background check on you and all those other things come up. Then you basically have a right to sue them under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Yes, you would. And if that happens, you call me and I'll give you an attorney in your area to call, to do that. Because they <laughs> no, absolutely have a duty to correct their records. But you have to tell them, hey, this is an error. And then if they don't correct them, you know, then, then and they should have because they haven't done a good job in, in preparing an accurate report.
0: Now, I will say they've all cooperated when I've gone to them personally and sent them paperwork. They have gone and everyone that I've dealt with has, has been good about that. They have you know taken it out pretty much immediately, but
2: they have a duty the, the, to do that. The there.
0: explanation has been that when they you know they originally got the database, I showed up in it, and even though they've updated their databases since then, their software did not catch a deletion or that it, the record was expunged. All it caught was more additions to the database.
2: Well, see, my worry would be that this might have something to do with the NCICs. That's why I think you need to get that changed. You need to go and, and get somebody to help you to do that, you know, because that's a problem. That if that might be yeah. the problem that's causing it. Yeah. So, boy, what what did it do to you in terms of you, your life?
0: Well, um, I um I I did end up homeless for a while because I could not get a job and at the time I had no idea what was going on. Yes, it took me about six years to figure out that these things were show, showing up on my record, mm. and nobody, none of these jobs I was applying for or anything, they were not telling me that that was the reason I was not being hired.
2: Now let me stop you right in there because and everyone, I would apply, yeah,
0: and then I wouldn't, I just wouldn't hear from them again.
2: Right, and I want to stop you right there because anyone who is listening to this needs to know that you have to get your background check. When anybody asks to do a background check for a job, you must ask right then and there. When you authorize that background check, you authorize that, but you tell them you want a copy of it. And believe it or not, John, we are out of time. So I I think your story helps to explain to people what they need to do because most people don't know this. and how You know, who would expect you to know it? You know, you're just an innocent person. So, John, why don't you give your website, and then it's going to be time for us to go.
0: Well, thank you, Mary. And my website is um, goodnamegone.com, and I have a Facebook page also that's called Good Name Gone. And I do um, give out tidbits of information on how to avoid identity theft, and also, my story is posted on both of
2: those. Right. Well, thank you so much, and we just wish the best for you. So, do another background check and see what you can do about that NCIC. Okay. So, thank you so much, and, and we'll you. we'll talk to you. We'll keep in touch. Okay, John. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9, FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Stay private.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.